Hi, I'm Sydney, and you're listening to Let It Simmer. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let It Simmer. I'm your host, Sydney, and today I'm going to be talking about the last five books I've read. So, in no particular order. One of the books I've read is The Art of Subtext. So this is for all of the aspiring writers out there by Charles Baxter. So I'll just kind of read the back. Fiction writer and essayist Charles Baxter's The Art of Subtext Beyond Plot discusses and illustrates the hidden subtextual overtones and undertones in fictional works haunted by the unspoken, the suppressed, and the secreted. As Baxter notes in one essay, a novel is not a summary of its plot, but a collection of instances, a luminous specific details that take us in the direction of the unsaid and unseen. Using an array of examples from Melville and Dostoevsky to contemporary writers Paul Fox and Edward P. Jones and Laurie Moore, Baxter explains how fiction writers create those visible and invisible details, how what is displayed evokes what is not displayed. So I was recommended to read this by my mentor for my senior capstone project. And I never really got around to reading it until after I was done with the project. But I found it really interesting, just kind of the little tidbits of device, advice that he gives. Especially in context to the examples he gives. So like not only does he say like blah blah blah, but then it's like an example of Moby Dick and how like that book kind of does what he's saying so I thought that was really interesting and he does it in multiple places throughout the book and then this is also kind of a series the art of series so this one is by Charles Baxter but they have things like the art of time in memoir then again by Sven Burkitt's the art of history unlocking the past in fiction nonfiction by Christopher Bram so and there's a bunch more but those were kind of some examples of how this is a series so I'm trying to find anything uh, just kind of interesting. The first chapter is the art of staging. The second chapter is digging the subterranean. The third is unheard melodies. The fourth is inflection in the breath of life. The fifth is creating a scene. Which I found that chapter, I think, to be very helpful as a writer. Then there's loss of face. I think that's, yeah, that's the last chapter. And then it also kind of has a bunch of different recommended reads in the back. So yeah, if you're an aspiring writer and you're trying to figure out ways to put in hidden meaning with one sentence and like have it convey a lot more than you, than just like what the actual words say, definitely give this book a read. The next book that I read was Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. Kubica? Kubica. Mary Kubica. I'm gonna go with that one. This is on the New York Times bestsellers list. I was recommended to read this by one of my old leadership professors who's also into thrillers just as much as I am. So I'll read the back. Shelby Tebow is the first to go missing. Then Meredith Dickey and her six-year-old daughter, Delilah, vanished just blocks away from where Shelby was last seen, striking fear into their once peaceful community. After an elusive search that yields more questions than answers, the case eventually goes cold. Now, 11 years later, Delilah shockingly returns. Everyone wants to know what happened to her, but no one is prepared for what they'll find, and some people will stop at nothing to keep the truth buried. So, I thought this was a pretty good read, start to finish. 
I think that the beginning was really good because it's, I think it's basically split into two parts with like the first part being around 50 pages. And this first part I couldn't put down. It was really interesting. Just kind of grabbed you right off the bat. The ending was also pretty good. It wasn't my favorite ending, to say the least. It wasn't bad by any means, and it definitely, like, keeps your attention throughout. Just kind of some of, like, the pieces of information could have just been more riveting, I guess. But no, I definitely enjoyed the read, and I'd recommend it. Then, the third book is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And this is a number one national bestseller, which, not surprising, Malcolm Gladwell is very good at what he does. So this was the only book of his that I hadn't read yet. And so this one's really interesting. As always, they always are interesting. I'll read the back, but... How did Fidel Castro fool the CIA for a generation? Why did Neville Chamberlain think he could trust Adolf Hitler? Why are campus sexual assaults on the rise? Do television sitcoms teach us something about the way we relate to one another that isn't true? Talking to Strangers is a challenging and controversial excursion through history, psychology, and scandals taken straight from the news. In it, Malcolm Gladwell revisits the deceptions of Bernie Madoff, the suicide of Sylvia Plath, and the death of Sandra Bland, throwing our understanding of these and other stories into doubt. Something is very wrong, Gladwell argues, with the tools and strategies we use to make sense of people we don't know, and the resulting conflict and misunderstanding have a profound effect on our lives and our world. Now, talking to strangers, Malcolm Gladwell brings us a gripping guidebook for the troubled times. So, it was a really interesting book, just kind of like the different examples. So, kind of with the talking of Sylvia Plath, just everything that went on with that, kind of how things are more based on a means than kind of like an overall determination to do something, or the kind of CIA... Uh, informant that's kind of the chapter and it's called the queen of cuba that was also really interesting how kind of a gist of the book is that people default to the truth i think there are kind of like three main lessons that's kind of the first one that you're always going to default to the truth so if someone's like telling you a lie but you don't totally know if it's a lie you're going to default to the truth essentially and so just kind of exploring topics like that is really interesting that mentions Friends, which is also a very popular television show, and how kind of that idea of, like, we know what's happening with, like, the facial expressions because they're actors, like, that's their job to make sure their facial expressions are very informative of what they're feeling on the inside and how that's not necessarily what people are like. So it's a very interesting read if you want to kind of understand... A little bit more about interactions with strangers. It definitely isn't like a guidebook on how to talk to strangers. But that was also a very good book. My fourth book was Not a Happy Family by Sherry Lapina, who I think is an absolutely phenomenal author. And I've been waiting for this book for a very long time because I prefer to get my books in paperback. And it was somewhat recently new, so it had been hardback for a while. And when it finally got to paperback, I bought it. So the back says... Brecken Hill, in upstate New York, in upstate New York, is an expensive place to live. You have to be rich to have a house there, and Fred and Sheila Merton certainly are rich. But even all their money can't protect them when a killer comes to call. The Mertons are brutally murdered the night after an Easter dinner with their three adult kids, who, of course, are devastated. Or are they? 
They each stand to inherit millions. They were never a happy family thanks to their vindictive father and neglectful mother, but perhaps one of the siblings is more disturbed than anyone knew. Did someone snap after that dreadful evening? Or did another person appear later that night with the worst of intentions? That must be what happened. After all, if one of the family were capable of something as gruesome as this, you'd know. Wouldn't you? So, it was really interesting read. I mean, these thrillers are just great, all of her thrillers. And a key aspect of her work is that she never leaves, like, a peaceful, resolute ending. There's always kind of, not like the notion for, like, a sequel, but the notion that something might go wrong for one of the characters at the very end. So, beware of that if that's not kind of what you like. But it was a great read, start to finish. I think I finished it in a couple of days, max. Um, I always like to try and guess the ending before I get there. And kind of like leave notes on the page of like where I think I figured it out. But I never, I never actually was able to figure this one out. The ending surprised me, which was nice. And it's good read, keep you on your toes. It's in third person point of view, which is kind of rare for thrillers. But nonetheless, made it very good. And then, kind of the fifth book I'll be talking about today is Touchstone Anthology of Contemporary Creative Nonfiction. So this is work from 1970 to present, and it's edited by Lex Williford and Michael Martin. Martin. So I had to get this for my nonfiction writing class, and basically she, my professor, would assign certain readings from this book that we'd have to come to class with having read. And I read all those, obviously, but there's a lot more stories that we didn't get to. And so I just really like the stories that we did read in class, so I wanted to read all of them. And so it took me a while to read all of them, but I finally did finish it. I was really glad that I read all of them, and then I actually got the fiction anthology that was edited by the same people, so I have that on my reading list. So I'll just talk about some of the stories that I found really interesting. So my professor's favorite story was The Fourth State of Matter by Joanne Beard. And this was a really good story. It was just kind of like nonfiction, obviously, so shock. But the ending was still a shock. Wasn't expecting it. So if you get this book, definitely read that one. The Pain Scale by Eula Biss. Eula Biss. That was really good. And it was just kind of a different way to write nonfiction. So she kind of had images and like an actual pain scale from the doctors where you see the happy face to the sad crying face. She has that in there and then just kind of numbers everything off in different sections, one through ten. Or she might even have zero. It was really good. Just interesting way of writing nonfiction. And then this was actually the first thing we read in class was Living Like Weasels by Annie Dillard. This was a great story. Like, this made me want to write nonfiction just because of how simple yet entertaining and descriptive and image creating it was. So I definitely would recommend reading that. And it's a really short read. I think it's only like two to four pages. Very tiny. And then, let's see, on to the second page of the table of contents. Mm -hmm. Son of Mr. Green Jones by 
Dinty W. Moore. I found this one to be pretty interesting, too. As you hear me flipping through the book. It's a big book. It's like 500 and something pages. So what I liked about The Son of Mr. Green Jones is it kind of has these random topics to start. Like Tim Allen, bees, carp, divorce, emperor, penguins, etc. And then it kind of talks about these random kind of subheadings. And then there's even like a quiz, which is kind of funny. And then kind of somehow connects all of them. And basically it's in alphabetical order. So the first one is Allenton. The last one is Zappa. And I would say that it doesn't really have a conclusive ending. But it does kind of seem to be a testament for the need of fathers. So it was really good. Really interesting. I like the way that it was kind of a different read. And then... Amelda by Richard Selzer. This was one of the last ones I read. I kind of just picked randomly throughout whatever titles I saw were interesting, and then I'd leave a little check mark by the names once I finished a story. And this was one of the last ones I read, but this was probably one of my favorite stories of them all. And it's basically this person who's studying to be a doctor, and then he gets to go on this trip with this like really renowned doctor, plastic surgeon, etc, etc, and they kind of go to Honduras to uh, provide plastic surgery for people there that can't really afford it. And just kind of like the ending is really sad and created tension and kind of like the humanity and this figure. So it's definitely kind of a profile of this kind of head doctor and an act that he did, but it was really interestingly told through a student's eyes and it just kind of left a really big impact. So literally one of the things I wrote at the very end of the story is, wow, that was insanely good. So definitely recommend reading that one. And then I think this is probably a fairly well-known story. I had never heard of it before this, but a few people in my class had is Consider the Lobster by David Foster Wallace. This is one of the longer stories in the book but it was really good just because it was so interesting and it's basically just talking about lobster but then ends up being this really profound essay on kind of like animal cruelty I'd say and another part that makes this so interesting and probably so famous is the footnotes at the end of the pages one of the footnotes footnotes is literally more text than those on the page. So that was a really cool aspect if you read footnotes. This if you don't read footnotes, definitely read the ones on this. I usually don't, but I had to read these ones. So that one's really good. And then Hawk by Joy Williams. That was just kinda of like a crazy story because usually it's about a dog and usually kind of a dog and owner relationship. And then it just kinda of like takes a turn for the worse and it's just kind of like this crazy story that you've probably never read before never really had any way of hopefully you haven't experienced it but like even experience it through some kind of different work like reading writing television I'd never even thought about this or experienced this in any way so kind of kept me on my toes so there are a lot of good stories throughout this entire thing and it also is really great if you're trying to write nonfiction, 
to kind of see some examples of the best of the best. But that's not to say like that I liked every single story or all of them were as interesting as others, but I think that you can get something from each story. So those are a little bit about the last five books I've read. So I definitely recommend picking up one of these or all of these if you have some downtime and would like to read. Thanks for listening. Ah!